Some songs grow on us and become such a part of us over time that they are a touchstone and anchor for your soul through the changing seasons of life. Psalm 90 is that psalm for me. Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to His Word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. All of us are followers here. We're learning to follow and listen to God, to meditate on what He says, and then respond in prayer. If you're new here, I invite you to follow or subscribe to this podcast on your favorite provider. You're in the right place to grow your faith. In Season 3, we're praying through the Psalms, both some of our favorites as well as some that are a little lesser known or harder to pray. We're starting book four in the Psalms with today's episode. It's special for many reasons. I think each of the five Psalms that began the five books in the Psalter were chosen for a reason, and they carry a special weight, which is why we're featuring each of them in season three of verse 15. Psalm 90 also carries the inscription, A Psalm of Moses. It takes us back to the Torah, the law given to Israel, and the wilderness wanderings of a wayward people. This is also a wisdom psalm, or at least a psalm influenced by the wisdom school in Israel. Well, the intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's message beyond the first 15 minutes to the rest of your life. We follow a four-step process that you can download at wordofprayer.com. I recall a poster that I hung in my room as a teenager. It had a soaring mountain face on it, and the words to Psalm 90 verses 1 and 2 on it in Portuguese. I got it during a summer that I spent in Brazil, and those words really spoke to me. And now we're going to listen to Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place from generations past to now. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the land and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, and you said, Return to dust, children of mankind, for a thousand years in your sight are like a day, yesterday when it passes and like a watch in the night. You sweep them away. They're like sleep. In the morning, they're like grass that springs up. Though in the morning it flourishes and springs up, at the evening it is cut down and withered. We are consumed by your anger, and your indignation terrifies us. You have set our iniquities before you, our hidden sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a sigh. The days of our lives are 70 years, 80 years if we're strong. Yet the only boast we have is hard work and trouble. For our life soon passes and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear do to you. Teach us to number our days rightly so we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Yahweh. How long? Have compassion on your servants. Please 
satisfy us in the morning with your loyal love and let us ring out a cry and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many days as you have afflicted us for as many years as we have seen trouble. Make your deeds clear to your servants and your splendor to their children. Let the delight of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. What a beautiful psalm for us to pray. There is an unfolding logic in this psalm that I want to highlight, and there are a few challenging points in it as well that are especially related to Hebrew poetry. I'm not going to take time to explain each line of this psalm and teach a class here on verse 15. I am going to encourage you, though, to read and reread, to listen and re-listen to the psalm, meditate on what it says, and let God speak to you over time. God's view of time is very different from ours. Long stretches for us are like a split second to God. And even that doesn't quite capture it. But clearly, we don't see time alike. Neither do we see sin the same. God intensely hates sin. He sees its destructive effects on us individually, on his good creation, and it angers him. We tend to be attracted to sin, almost like insects to a light at nighttime. And we only realize too late how dangerous and destructive sin really is. One of the things about Psalm 90 is I think it takes us right back to Genesis 3. For one thing, it talks about us returning to dust. And I think the famous line in the funeral service is ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I mean, from dust we were created. And so the, the line in Psalm 90 says, return us to dust, God. That's, that's where we're going. And we have a very short life. And what Genesis teaches us is that people in very ancient days, in the beginning, had much longer lives, that God created us to actually enjoy long, productive lives here on earth. But the effects of sin actually shortened our lives, and it corrupted creation. And God, in fact, shortened our lives so that we would not multiply the effects of sin during the time that we have here on earth. And so there's something that's been lost. And it's not just one thing. It, it's a, a whole complex of things. I can't go into all of it here. But Psalm 90 evokes that for us and reminds us there is something precious there that we need to recover. And there's no way that we can do it on our own. It can only come as a gift of God. The key request in this psalm, I believe, comes in verse 12. Remember, it says this, Teach us to number our days rightly, so we may gain a heart of wisdom. The emphasis on that verse is on to number. In fact, that comes right at the front in Hebrew to give it special emphasis. And it certainly means more than to count. It's the expression and the whole phrase is... It's kind of summed up in the thought, show us how short our lives are. And also, 
teach us to plan, to act wisely, to evaluate what we're doing in light of the long term. The wisdom that we seek is not worldly wisdom, which many people over the centuries have sought. That's what philosophy, in fact, is all about. Philosophy means love of wisdom. But we're not talking about worldly wisdom here. We're talking about what the Bible teaches, which is true wisdom is fear of God. What we need is spiritual wisdom that includes physical, mental, social, financial health. We need a wisdom that lifts us above the curse of sin. Now, beyond this, we also need God's compassion to enable us to live a joy-filled and productive life. That's the last part of this psalm, verses 13 through 17. When I was in my mid-30s, in my 40s, you know, this is a psalm that I prayed in my working years when I was really busy doing a lot of travel. When my boys were very young, my wife was very uh, burdened taking care of them at home, and I was not around a lot. But I prayed, God, give me productive work and let me be a witness for you. And the truth is, We really do need God's compassion, as Psalm 90 calls out for and prays in verse 13. And then verse 14, please satisfy us in the morning with your loyal love and let us rejoice and be glad all of our days. The conclusion to this psalm is powerful to me. God, show us your work and establish our work. Let us see your deeds and your wonders. Let us see your glory, your beauty, and let our work be productive. Let it have value. Not like the first half of Psalm 90, where it says our lives are short and filled with bitterness or trouble and sin, but let our work be elevated and have some lasting value not the frustration and trouble that is normally our lot, especially if we're left to our own devices. It's a great psalm. I could talk about it at length here, but I'm going to leave it there and just ask you to keep returning to it yourself and meditating on it. And and let's go ahead and pray it now together. God, thank you for your unfailing love and how you keep returning to us, not letting us suffer the curse of sin and just be destroyed, just writing us off or choosing to start all over again with a new creation, with something else, and just abandoning the human project. God, thank you for your mercies, for your kindness. Thank you for your revelation and for teaching us and your desire that we know not just your ways, but that we know you, the only true God. And thank you for sending your Son, for revealing yourself fully and intimately in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that today we will honor you, that you will give us joy, and that in your compassion you will lift us up and help us overcome the ravages of sin, the effects of sin on our world. We see it around us. Lord, we know that the only cure 
is for you to touch our hearts and the hearts of all people here on earth. That worldly wisdom is not going to cut it. That, that human science and technology is not going to save us. Only your wisdom will work. And I pray, Lord, that you will establish the work of our hands, that you will use us and that we can be servants of yours in this world and make some sort of contribution, some lasting good through the work that we find to do today. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. You know, Psalm 90 may seem a little depressing at first. I mean, it talks about God's anger. It talks about our lives being short and frustrating and the effects of sin. But, you know, upon reading it multiple times and meditating on this psalm, repeating it, I find that it is both hopeful, it puts hope in God, and it's also humbling for us. If you wanted to go further, one of the places I would point you to beyond Psalm 90 is actually in the New Testament. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 10, actually takes the wilderness wanderings, the experience that Moses had with the stubborn people of Israel, and says, you know, these things were written as a warning to us. And then he actually says, we should learn from these and actually use it in our own ongoing daily struggle against sin so that we overcome sin and not fall prey to uh, the devil's temptations and devices. And so 1 Corinthians 10, especially the first 11 verses, I would encourage you to look there. And then Ephesians 5 verses 15 to 17 also in a very short expression point us to use every day for good and for the best that we can. Recognize that the days are evil, but God can work in us and through us. And so let him do that through his powerful spirit at work in us. Well, I thank you for listening again this morning and just praying and meditating with me on this. And I just thank you for joining us each day to get a dose of what God has to say and to fuel up. I would invite you to support our show through the Patreon link, also through purchasing my book. It's one of the ways that we sponsor and pay our costs for putting this show on. So today's episode is brought to you by God Help Me Grow, Learning to Pray Through the Psalms. There's a link to it in our show notes. You can get it on Amazon. It's really good for us to meditate on God's Word together. I pray that you are blessed today as you go about your work.